Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Lit Minute, your weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. This series is produced by Get Lit Words Ignite, which is a nonprofit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. My name is Neil Lewis. In this podcast, we focus on the lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern-day contemporary poets. This poet today was actually one of the first poets I ever learned about in English, and many people know him as a huge figure in the Harlem Renaissance. So it is time to get lit with Langston Hughes. Langston Hughes was born on February 1st, 1901 in Joplin, Missouri. Hughes grew up in a series of Midwestern small towns, Shortly after Hughes was born, his father left the family and divorced his mother. His mother traveled looking for employment. Hughes grew up in Lawrence, Kansas by his maternal grandmother. His maternal grandmother taught Langston Hughes the burdens of black people and the importance of standing up for your rights and your people through black American oral tradition and drawing from black activists. Hughes was actually very unhappy and lonely living with his grandmother but books actually brought him happiness, saying, I was unhappy for a long time and very lonesome living with my grandmother. Then it was that books began to happen to me and I began to believe in nothing but books and the wonderful world in books, where if people suffered, they suffered in beautiful language and not in monosyllables as they did in Kansas. His grandmother had passed, causing him to move in with family friends for two years before later moving back with his mother in Lincoln, Illinois. His family moved to Cleveland, Ohio in the Fairfax neighborhood. He attended Central High School where he was taught by Helen Maria Chestnut who inspired him. He really began to start writing during this time as he was even elected class poet. Although he was elected class poet, he felt that it was due to a stereotype of black people having rhythm. He was one of the two black kids in his class and his teacher always stressed the importance of rhythm in poetry. While in high school, he wrote for the school's newspaper, edited the yearbook, and started to begin his poetry career. His first piece was a jazz poem entitled, When Sue Wears Red. After high school in 1919, Hughes went to live with his father in Mexico in hopes to convince him to agree with his plan on attending Columbia University so he can receive financial help from him. Hughes thought it was strange that his father didn't like black people, his own people, because Hughes was black and he loved black people. His father didn't agree with his future of becoming a writer, but hoped that he would study abroad learning engineering. In order for Hughes to get financial assistance, he made a compromise with his father that if he studied engineering at Columbia, he'd get financial support from his father. Hughes did exactly that, but didn't stay in Columbia long due to racial prejudice, and Harlem had really attracted his attention more, and he still continued to write poetry. After his departure from Columbia, he became an assistant cook, busboy, and a seaman traveling to Africa and Europe. In 1926, he published his first poetry collection, The Weary Blues. He continued his higher education and received his B.A. at Lincoln University, which is a historically black college. Langston Hughes resided in Harlem until his death on May 22, 1962, due to prostate cancer. His residence at 20 East 127th Street was actually given a landmark status by the New York City Preservation Commission and was renamed Langston Hughes Place 
in his honor and memory. He had written many poetry collections, including The Weary Blues, published in 1926, Fine Clothes to the Jew, published in 1927, Dear Lovely Death, published in 1931, Shakespeare in Harlem, published in 1942, Montage of a Dream Deferred, published in 1951, and many more. He wrote an acclaimed autobiography, The Big C. He also wrote plays and prose, including The Simple Book Collection, Simple Speaks His Mind, published in 1950, Simple Stakes a Claim, published in 1957, Simple Takes a Wife, published in 1953, and Simple's Uncle Sam, published in 1965. His awards and accolades include the Guggenheim Fellowship, the Annisfield Wolf Award, the Rosenward Fellowship, and more. He was also on a postage stamp. My grandmother used to have a lot of his stamps. His poem, Negro Speaks of Rivers, was Hughes's first published work where it was featured in The Crisis, which was the NAACP's official magazine. The poem was also in his first poetry collection, The Weary Blues. Most of Hughes's work was actually published in The Crisis more than any other journal. He was the most influential poet in the Harlem Renaissance, alongside Conti Colin, Wallace Thurman, and Aaron Douglas. In his work, he wanted to depict the real lives of Black people of low income and those living in underprivileged areas. Hughes wrote a manifesto entitled The Negro Artist and the Racial Mountain, which explains exactly that. He wanted his stories to show Black people in ways that reflected their culture, music, laughter, and language, but still showed the struggles that they were facing at the same time. He showed the hate and division between Black people based on skin color. He also incorporated the world of jazz and the influence of it in his work as well, which he really represented in the book-length poem Montage of a Dream Deferred, published in 1951. Langston Hughes wrote his Simple series where he had his most popular fictional character, Jesse B. Simple. Simple is a comic, no-good poor man who lives in Harlem. In the series, you go through the life of Simple's troubles with work, women, money, and the problems of living as a poor black man in a racist society. While alive, Lindsay Patterson, a novelist who served as Hughes' assistant, said something that I believe a lot of people today believe, which is that you never really appreciate someone or their work until they're gone. She's saying that Hughes was critically the most abused poet in America. Serious white critics ignored him, Less serious ones compared his poetry to Cassius Clay Doggerel, and most black critics only grudgingly admired him. Some like James Baldwin were downright malicious about his poetic achievement, but long after Baldwin and the rest of us are gone, I suspect Hughes' poetry will be blatantly around growing in the stature until it is recognized for its genius. Hughes was unashamedly black at a time when blackness was demode. He had the wit and intelligence to explore the black human condition in a variety of depths, but his taste and selectivity were not always accurate, and pressures to survive as a black writer in a white society, and it was a miracle that he did for so long, extracted an enormous creative toll. It's surprising to know that Langston Hughes wasn't as appreciated as he is now. Even though he wasn't happy living with his grandmother, I can see with his work that her lessons on the importance of saving people really stuck with him. His work still hits with current times the black people face today. 
Langston Hughes was one of the very first poets I learned about in elementary school, and I continued to read his work in class. I was so amazed by his work, but I was also a little discouraged because many of the poems I read had this rhythm and I knew that I couldn't write like that. But his work always stuck with me because of his deep topics. My poetry coach would often refer to his poem Harlem in the line, What happens to a dream deferred? Many of my poetry team members, not even realizing, were really writing about how our hopes and dreams were being deferred in that. Within those poems, that line would constantly pop into her head. And that's the beautiful thing about his work is that it is timeless and it always seems to come to mind in times when you really need it. Langston Hughes' poem that is featured in our Get Lit anthology entitled Excerpt of Let America Be America Again is a timeless poem that always pops in our heads in times we need it. This poem is about how in America, everyone loves to advocate for the American dream, but the American dream isn't a reality for many people. Systemic racism has put a literal stop to it for people of color, and some people seem to find it while others can't, and this poem shows exactly that. So here's Langston Hughes' poem entitled, Let America Be America Again. Let America be America again. Let it be the dream it used to be. Let it be the pioneer on the plains seeking a home where he himself is free. America was never America to me. Let America be the dream the dreamers dreamed. Let it be that great strong land of love. Where never kings connive or tyrants scheme. That any man be crushed by one above. It never was America to me. Oh, let my land be a land where liberty is crowned with no false patriotic wreath. But opportunity is real. And life is free. Equality is in the air we breathe. There's never been equality for me. Nor freedom in this homeland of the free. Say, who are you that mumbles in the dark? And who are you that draws your veil across the stars? I'm the poor white fooled and pushed apart. I'm the Negro bearing slavery scars. I'm the red man driven from the land. I am the immigrant clutching the hope I seek and only finding the same old stupid plan of dog eat dog, of mighty crush the weak. I'm the young man, full of strength and hope, tangled in that ancient endless chain of profit, power, gain, of grab the land, of grab the gold, of grab the ways of satisfying need, of work the man, of take the pay, of owning everything for one's own greed. I'm the farmer, bonds man to the soil, I'm the worker sold to the machine. I'm the Negro, servant to you all. I'm the people, humble, hungry, mean, hungry yet today despite the dream, beaten yet today, oh pioneers. I'm the man who never got ahead, the poorest worker bartered through the years, yet I'm the one who dreamt our basic dream. In the old world, while still a serf of kings, 
who dreamt a dream so strong, so brave, so true, that even yet its mighty daring sings. In every brick and stone, in every furrow turn that's made America the land it has become. Oh, I'm the man who sailed those early seas in search of what I meant to be my home. For I'm the one who left dark Ireland's shore in Poland's plain and England's grassy lay and torn from black Africa's strand, I came to build a homeland of the free. The free? Who said the free? Not me, surely not me. The millions on relief today, the millions shot down when we strike, the millions who have nothing for our pay. For all the dreams we've dreamed and all the songs we've sung and all the hopes we've held and all the flags we've hung, the millions who have nothing for our pay except the dream that's almost dead today. Oh, let America be America again, the land that never has been yet and yet must be, the land where every man is free. The land that's mine, the poor man's, Indians, Negroes, me, who made America, whose sweat and blood, whose faith and pain, who hand at the foundry, who plow in the rain must bring back our mighty dream again. Sure, call me any ugly name you choose. The steel of freedom does not stain for those who live like leeches on the people's lives. We must take back our land again, America. Oh yes, I say it plain. America never was America to me. And yet, I swear this oath. America will be. As I was saying, this poem is timeless. And it's a poem that we still keep saying today is who really is the American dream for? And it's crazy that Langston Hughes wrote this poem a long time ago, and we're still trying to figure that out today. Let America be America again. And we had someone who kept saying, make America great again, when, when was America great? When was America, America? Where's the American dream for everyone? It's definitely not there and it's still not there for many people many of that certain president's people aren't even living the american dream but somehow still supported him which was confusing this poem is so timeless and important and we really need this Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us on all things Langston Hughes. Make sure you share this podcast with your friends and family members, and I'll see you all next week. Get Lit Minute is a production of Get Lit Words Ignite. This podcast is produced by Samuel Curtis, executive produced by Diane Luby Lane, and engineered by Peter Davis. This episode was researched, written, and edited by me, Nia Lewis, alongside Bridget Yang. 
Lucas Lane is our digital editor and our editorial advisors are Kelly Grace Thomas and Colleen Hamilton. Special thanks to the entire GetLit staff and donors who made this work possible, the teachers who use this podcast to educate their students, and to all students of life everywhere for tuning in and spending time with us today. If you want to hear more of our episodes, this podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts and on our website, getlit.org. That is G-E-T-L-I-T dot O-R-G. 